You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And we've got a special guest on the show tonight for our Chalk Talk edition of Packers Total Access, and that's Coach Han. Coach, how's your day been, man? Oh, it's a great day. You know, last day off of winter break here, going back to school tomorrow, so I'm super excited about that. And uh, got some things done around the house. It was a great day. Gotcha. You didn't, you didn't hit the uh, honeydew list, did you? Yeah, we hit it pretty hard today. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I've been, uh, I've been forgetting some of those things throughout uh, winter break, just watched a lot of football. So that, that built up. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's the, that's the only bad thing about football season is, you know, they're giving you a little bit of, a little bit of room to have fun, but the second that season's over, Oh dude, she's going to work me like a dog. I'm just telling you right now it's going to happen. So, um, but on the show tonight, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in here on Twitter and YouTube. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for those of you listening on the pod here on Tuesday afternoon, what we're going to do is break down uh, six plays here and uh, some a little more detailed than others. But we want to talk about the flow of the game against Minnesota last night and really what kind of dictated dictated the, uh, the outcome, if you will. You know, you're going to notice that, to the best of my knowledge, there's literally no second half plays here that we're going to cover. And the reason being is the majority of what controlled the flow of that game really happened in the first half. I mean, you, you never want to come out of halftime going, we got this one in the bag and, and nor should the Packers have, have felt like that. And obviously they kept their foot on the throttle there. But um, when you win the middle eight, you're winning the turnover differential, you come out of halftime coach and it's literally the clock is your opponent. Am I right? Hey, you're dead on, you know, you're, you're, going to try some things adjustment wise um, and, and identify some of the things that you really liked um, to, to revisit in the first half. But yeah, when you got a lead like that, you know, you don't want to think that way, but you're, you're constantly catching yourself glancing at the clock going, you know, tick, 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 let's go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here and we're going to jump into the first play and guys and, and gals listening to this just want to say that, uh, you know, all terminology for different coaching staffs is a little bit different, right? So you may hear me use terms. You may hear coach use terms that, that you might have heard uh, explained a little bit different uh, from other coaches, other fans, what have you. This uh, this show is not designed to try to show you how smart we are, right? It's for us to try to communicate to people listening on the podcast and those of you tuning in live, okay, what are the specifics? What are the details to these plays that really made them go and, and how important it was that they happened when they happened, right? That's that's kind of – so many times you can look at a box score and you come away from a game and you're like, you think you completely understand it. Then you go back – this is for me anyway. I go back and watch the tape and I'm like, that's not how I expected that game to go at all. And uh, it's important to kind of understand the details. So the first play comes here in the uh, first quarter, Coach. I personally believe this was the most important play of the entire game. And it sounds so silly, but – Green Bay obviously uh, had a uh, punt blocked, 
And now Minnesota drove all the way down inside the five. So we're now to a third and goal on the one-yard line. I mean, the Packers are backed up. It's 11:28 left in the first quarter. Um, <clears throat> this is really going to determine how the rest of the day goes here. And uh, the thing that Minnesota did, obviously, they came out on the one-yard line. They're showing a 22-I strong left. And what's unique about this, Coach, if you look up to the right, you've got Jefferson up at the top of the screen here, right? And what I noticed was they've got Rasul on him. And I can't think of one situation in this game where Joe Barry, I can look at it and go, that's a bad decision by Joe Barry. It seemed like they had this game plan so well thought out. Now, why would you not put Jair Alexander on their only receiver on the field and arguably the best receiver in the game? <clears throat> I'll tell you why. Excuse my cough, and I'm still getting over this flu. Um, it's because Rasul Douglas is six foot two. Right. And you want that hot down there because about the only thing they're going to try here is probably a fade pattern if they do pass it. So I just wanted to point that out. And what it allows uh, to happen here is now you see Jair down here on the line of scrimmage. Right. So essentially, Green Bay comes out in a four three personnel, but they've got a seven man front. So across the board here, what you've got um, from uh, from right to left, from behind the center, you basically got an outside linebacker playing that kind of that wide nine look, if you will. And then you've got three, four defensive linemen down in the three-point stance, ready to submarine. And then, of course, you've got your opposite outside linebacker with Ja right in his hip pocket. You've got Devondre Campbell sneaking up, sneaking up, mugging this A-gap. And they're ready. They're ready for the run here. You've got Jefferson on an island. You're trusting Rasul Douglas. You've got Savage here um, playing safety. And you'll notice Savage really cheats down. But you could tell if, if, if he sees Kirk Cousin pull this ball, Coach, then he's probably dropping back to this slant if Jefferson runs a slant. But right out of the gate, you can see he takes a peek. As soon as he turns to hand it off, you see Jefferson does a little stutter step, and he's going outside. So if anything, he's going to run a fade. But at this point, you can kind of see. And and you could tell, man, Jefferson's a great receiver, but he's kind of lazy right here. Like, you you want to try to sell that route a little bit more, in my opinion, because that, that really, if Savage is taking a peek right there, he's just coming right off the edge to help make a play. But the thing that I wanted to point out here, Coach, was T.J. Slayton. T.J. Slayton blew this play up. And if you guys look, he's pretty much playing nose right now. He's right over the center. He's kind of shading inside. So I guess that's what you would call um, that, that inside technique off the nose. But you can see him right here, Coach. He's getting a little bit antsy. <laughs> he's ready to jump. He's, he's ready to go, right? The ball snapped. <clears throat> Watch him jump this gap. Absolutely shoots it. He's in the backfield, beats his guy. But look at this shed right here, Coach. And T.J. Slayton, I think he had the best game of his career so far granted he's young i think he was a rookie last year if i remember correctly um so sophomore season and he's coming out and he showed flashes and really the biggest game of the year puts a little uh, a little over under here or whatever you want to call it, maybe a rip or a swim and he's just right around and look at him get a paw big paw on that jersey and he made this play go here just a huge play by tj slayton the other thing i wanted to point out coach we dogged jair alexander earlier in the year look i'm dragging you in the middle of this right <laughs> but, you know, we talked about how he he didn't make a tackle early in the year off the edge. I can't remember what game it was, but it's like, man, come on. You, that's that's the difference between six points and holding them to a field goal and you can't lower your shoulder. Would well, Ja come out here off the edge and look at him get dirty here, coach? Submarine's in. He's going to go straight for the knees on Dalvin Cook, chop him down. Adrian Amos finishes it out. And I love how Ja is like laying in the fetal position waiting for a 300-pounder to, to, to land on him. You see this? <laughs> but what did you see there, Coach? Did anything stand out to you? I mean, other than Slayton just blowing it up and Alexander willing to get dirty? 
Yeah, um, you're dead on a, a couple of things here. Um, ja, if, if memory serves me correctly, very similar situation with Ja um, against Detroit earlier in the year uh, where we didn't necessarily see that effort. But this is the view I was really hoping that we'd get to see uh, from the end zone shot here. The really cool thing about this is watching Campbell's steps. Uh, your, your inside backer here, 59, and right now he is literally just playing running back as well. <laughs> you know, he knows that he's going to be able to get down into the hole. He can, he's, uh, he's playing the center guard gap and, uh, rules that we call open closed windows. Right. So as you see that left guard peel off and have to take the, the two tech and the center have to go to the offense's right to take on Slayton, you've got that window there. Right. And if you're playing inside linebacker and you're literally reading the fullback now, instead of that, that guard that you would normally read because you're the only inside backer now. Uh, you can fill that gap and stand it up pretty heavily with C.J. Ham, the fullback, coming downhill. And when you're able to do that, now you you make Delvin Cook stop his feet in the backfield. Even though it's a momentary stop, he's got to change direction. This play is going to the weak side, to the offense's right. It's supposed to be zone lead to the right. Um, they were hoping to get C.J. Ham one-on-one with the fullback and let Delvin read that block. Um, or one-on-one -on -one with Devondre, excuse me, the linebacker and let Delvin just kind of read that block and careen into the end zone. But really good penetration by Slayton there, and a really patient, it's um, it's it's patient aggression, if you will, from, from 59, who I thought had an unbelievable day yesterday as well, um, that really kind of set this up, made it bounce back to the strong side where they didn't want it to go, because now you got two defensive uh, linemen able to take on two tight ends, and you don't have an answer for the, the hung corner out there who's Jaws. So... Um, really good job on the interior, making him stop his feet and bounce the sucker a little bit and give the guys the chance to rally to the ball. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and the thing I noticed here on the playback, every time we do this, Coach, I've got pages of notes and I still see something new. And, and just the burst that Preston Smith has off the edge on that right side too. I mean, if Dalvin wanted to try to bounce it out, there was no option there, right? I mean, he's got the edge set. TJ's in his face. I mean, just a great play all the way around. You could tell these this defense, Coach, they came to play last night and yeah, um, really really good gap integrity um you see the defensive tackle number 90 jaron reed also had a really good day um as you watch him work on the left guard he's going to do a really really tough tech here excuse me left tackle wow. he's going to do a tough technique here where you're going to stand up and then shed off um that's a difficult thing to do because now you're giving yourself a two-way go you know so when you put a, a big guy out there like jaron reed out at defensive end and you put your heavy package in and let kenny eat that double you know, you're going to you're going to give uh, Jaron Reed a really good player, a, a two way go. Um, now he can shed that block as he squeezes it in and, and get a little patered as well. This is really, really well executed. Absolutely. I love it, dude. And, and again, guys, the reason we highlighted that is it's kind of a boring play, right? It's third and goal. It's not boring for us. Obviously, we're football nerds, but it being third and goal. And that obviously forced Minnesota to kick a field goal. So you talk about damage control. You have a blocked punt. Right. And then all of a sudden you. uh you look up and they're knocking on the door to uh, to go in and, and take a seven to nothing lead. And the fact that they stood their ground there and held them to three points, you know, that just gives the offense this boost of adrenaline. Like, OK, all right, let's, let's slow down here. Let's get this thing back under control. But coach, they didn't even have to do that. I'm going to go ahead and share your screen here because the next play that we're going to highlight came in the first quarter, 1038 left. And uh, this is the kickoff, I believe, if I remember correctly, immediately following that play. Right. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so you had the field goal and then the very next kickoff. So here we go as we share your screen and you just have at it here, man. You got it. Um, you know, you mentioned sudden change and what that does for a defense. Um, as great as all of this was, you know, unfortunately, Green Bay getting the punt block, Minnesota starting with the ball on the 14. Like, that's the tough thing. Great stand by the defense. You know, had to as soon as you go back to the bench, then as a defensive unit, you're taking a look at some film, you're making some adjustments for what you can see maybe following. And then you get a play like this. And don't get me wrong, it's awesome. Everybody loves it. Everybody's pumped on the sideline. But now you got to get ready to put that defense right back out on the field, right? So these are really seeing two sudden change situations in the span of less than a minute. So great <laughs> job by the defense continually uh, responding and, and doing a great job. But let's take a look at this. This is what Packer fans have been screaming for um, ever since y'all hired Rich and, and really want to see some of this interior wedge formation. There's, there's nothing special about the scheme here. This is literally, you can't really wedge three-man, four-man wedge in the NFL anymore. Um, however, this is as close as you can get to doing it, and it's just really well executed. We're going to watch the bait by this cat right here, 53. This is where we're saying they, they don't have to be decleating blocks on special teams because you get to play with so much space, right? You just have to maintain your lane. Well, what 53 is going to do here is he's going to invite 44 up the field and hinge him and then run him back around. And that's going to be pivotal. That is the that is the first key component to a kick return. Then we're going to watch DeGuara here in the mix. Um Go ahead and, and, and running cats off. Um, really doing a nice job of, of being physical, being aggressive. A um, couple of moves by a real special kid. And then right here, number 38, Gaines. I can't wait for the All-22 to come out um, because I, I thought I saw him run off the gunner really, really well. And then he hits pursuit better than the fullback there, C.J. Ham. <laughs> it's a really, really smart thing. It's hard to coach dudes who are literally taught to be violent, be tough, and hit with everything you got type of stuff on special teams. When you get something like this, you know, when you when you bust out of the middle, uh, it's really, really tough to teach them run in front, throw your hands up, set a basketball screen, whatever, because usually what you see here is he's going to go ahead and get a piece of the shoulder of CJ Ham, spill him off. You know, it's because he, he's looking for contact. He's inviting physicality. Right. A lot of times you see that flag get thrown and and this this kick comes back. But not here. Really, really good job by 38. I believe Jacob said his name was Gain. There it is. Yeah, it's Gaines. Um, really mature football play there. You're going to watch 35 here. Again, doesn't have to be a decleating block. You just have to maintain your lane. So if you get them to your outside, when you're running middle return, you're going to win, right? And and I didn't see anything that was just like, whoa, he absolutely unloaded on somebody. Da, 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 da. Uh, for the most part, it's just really well-executed football. And then 25, just trusting his dudes and taking it to the house. Love it, man. Love it, love it, love it. And, you know, Everything you already hit on in my notes, which is so cool, right? We're, we're definitely on the same page with this. The thing that really stood out to me was DeGuara and Tyler Davis sealing that inside. As we roll it back here on my screen, again, <clears throat> just watch DeGuara set up. I mean, he just squares up. And you hit the nail on the head, in my opinion, with Jonathan Garvin there, number 53. You don't have to – all you have to do is reroute. That's all you've got to do. You know the lane you're looking for and then finish it off, cap it off here for the cutback. But again, if you guys watch DeGuara here, and for those of you listening on the pod, seals this block, and then he just starts driving, 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 and pancakes that guy. 
completely out of the picture. Now, the thing about Keyshawn Nixon that really sets this up, this is a middle return, right? And when you look at it from another camera angle, you could tell there is, like, I think I've got it here on the uh, All-22. Let me see if I can find it here, Coach. Yeah, right here. So as it sets up, you can see this is a mid-return. There's nothing extreme going left or right, in my opinion. And you correct me if, uh, if you disagree there. But this right here is really what sells it. Keyshawn in this lean, the, the thing that I've noticed about kick return coach is it's all in the hips, right? Just like Happy Gilmore, it's all in the hips. It's all, dude, if you can keep your feet moving and literally just have that hip lean, and Keyshawn has it to a T, watch him sell this left here and then just bend it right back. And I love Dallin Levitt. Dallin Levitt pops out there, number six, and he's like, oh, crap, let me get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, but right here, you can really see DeGuar and Tyler Davis just mugging that dude right there. And yeah, the, the cool thing that you're talking about here with that hip lean is as you watch uh, on Minnesota's coverage team, 83 is responsible yes. for middle of field, MOF, we call him. Um, and he's number six's guy in the count to block. So watch 83 here come down the field, and then you watch the hip lean, and this is where you get a little bit unsound. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. he stop it right there. If you can go back just a little bit, because we talk about lane integrity and how you fan and collapse right there. You see three white jerseys within like a four yard halo. Right. And, and we always uh, tell the kids, hey, if you see an elbow or you see a butt, you're wrong. You're in the wrong spot. Right. Like you yeah. can't stack on kick return. That little hip lean by 25 pulls 83 all the way across out of his lane. And then all of a sudden there's nobody left. Right. You got Greg Joseph, which. I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but there's nothing he's going to do to, to Keyshawn Nixon <laughs> here um, that's going to be anything special and, and have any prayer of stopping this return. So once you got that little bit of a window, you had 53 set it up well. Great hip lean by 25. Um, this thing's out the gate, baby. Yeah, dude. I love it. Love it. It's in my notes right here that Keyshawn Nixon took 83 completely out of the play. I mean, right here, again, he hops over one. Now Keyshawn's really going to sell it here with the lean. There's the lean. He's in no man's land. You ain't coming back out of that pile. Right here, Coach, he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, he's film's not going to be fun for him. No, no. I I bet film study, I bet that was horrible. Really, really horrible when you when you got in the meeting room this morning and, and had to recap that. So why did we mention that, guys? Again, that came 1038 in the first quarter. That now puts the Packers up 7-3. to three. Imagine if Minnesota had scored on that goal line stand. If they had scored on that goal line stand, then you'd be looking at 7-7 ball game, and it feels totally different. The momentum completely swung in Green Bay's favor after this kick return. And then the next play that we're going to talk about here is the uh, the Savage pick six. This came in the first quarter, 535 left. This was a fourth and three play. They're kind of right on the cusp of uh, of getting into field goal range here for the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings on Green Bay's 38. And – Man, I don't know, Coach. I'm so old school. Like when Green Bay went for it on fourth down and they were just out of field goal range, I was I was screaming, why not just pin them deep? Let him let him do a dead drop and just pin that thing inside the 10. Why are we going for it on fourth down? I'm such a boring football fan. It's not even funny, man. But here, here you got Minnesota going for it on fourth down. Minnesota comes out in an 11-gun, Y-right flex, trips left, motion to spread snug is what I would call it. What's that mean? All right, so they the the motion's a little bit late here, Coach, okay? But actually, I think I have it right here. Yeah, so you can kind of see the motion fully. This is on next-gen stats for those of you listening on the pod. So you can see they kind of come out in that trips left look. And then you got the pre-snap motion with Jefferson. You see 59 follow him across, not completely, 
but then you've got Quay kind of replacing him. So they're covering that up. So essentially what you've got here is late rotation. They show two on the shelf. And then as soon as the ball is snapped or right before the ball is snapped, as soon as Jefferson comes over in motion, you see Adrian Amos come up in the box and then Quay shifts over to the uh, the now weak side or, or already weak side, I should say. And then you've got Devondre Campbell, who's going to kind of shadow 18 on this play. And I just wanted to show this because it really illustrates what happened on this play. You can see 59 snug up on 18 as he runs a little stick route. And then, of course, they tried to force the ball to Hawkinson. Now let's go back to the tape and watch it here on the TV copy. So Green Bay comes out in a nickel two, four, five. Coach, they're in a nine, a four eye, four eye, and a nine. This seems to be the popular thing in Green Bay, especially when they're <coughs> kind of anticipating pass. I don't know what it is. They are in love with those nine techs. Um, but they sugar the two high again. You've got the uh, the uh, cover three look is, is what I think the end result was here. Uh, although, man, with some of these man principles, Coach, and passing, passing receivers off, it's so tough. Did you see man coverage here too? I'm going to go back to the next gen, and you tell me just to make sure. Did, or I'm sorry, did you see zone coverage here, or did you think man? Because sometimes people see 59 follow across. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm not expecting him to be in man coverage against Jefferson. This is a, a cover three defense, right? Yeah, this is zone. What you're seeing on the swap between uh, 59 and 7 there is they're actually setting strength to JJ. Um, so it's just going to change the strength. Uh, when you go from what we call trips left, we would call that H jet right. Um, it's just going to get you into a double set, right, uh, from trips to doubles. So now you can set the strength to JJ again. Um, so they're going to let Quay play that weak side, inside backer position. Keep Devondre on the strong side. They're not going field boundary with any of the strength here. Um, and then gotcha. they're going to come really aggressively with this four-man rush, as you had kind of mentioned. Um, they really, really like the nines because it changes the tackle's edge of departure or whatever. And then in keeping those two three techniques, the four eyes that turn into threes when they get their hands on guards, um, what that does is seal that pocket so Cousins can't step up. So you collapse it from the outside, can't step up. Um, you're not really thinking of, of a rush um, set up here. You're not worried about them running the ball. You're You're – as you had mentioned, uh, kind of think and throw game here. So you're going to collapse that pocket and pinch it from the edges and then seal the top off so that he's got to throw off his back foot. Absolutely. Love it. So essentially what you've got is 59 on 18 at the sticks. You've got Rasul reading Cousins' eyes the entire way. Now, Rasul, to the best of my knowledge, is responsible for deep third on the right. But he reading uh, Cousins' eyes and seeing that J.J., um, actually drops down there on the sticks. Now, if you notice here on the backside, this is where it gets scary. You see Justin Jefferson there. He's covered up by Devondre Campbell. Then he throws his hand up and goes. I'm going to go back to the next-gen copy, and this is why, Coach. If Kirk Cousins could have held on to that ball a second longer, watch what Justin Jefferson does here, number 18. I mean, he is off to the races because you got Rudy deep there, right? Yep. But he's deep center. Now he's starting to see, all right, Rasul's taking that crosser, so Rudy's kind of fading across back. But I think if he – if he had it to do over again, Kirk Cousins in the in the room today watching the tape, he's going, God, if I had a way to a split second longer and just threw it up to Justin Jefferson, you might have six right there. I think that's important to mention because it just shows you the small windows in which a play can be successful or fail. But again, you got to go back to the old the old homage, Coach. Pressure pick, coverage sack. Uh, you know, although it's it's awesome that Savage, um, you know, getting the pick six here, he's kind of the the golden boy, right, as we play it through here. Savage gets the tip, and he takes it to the house. Awesome athleticism. Don't get me wrong. It's great seeing him take that to the house. But an, other people were saying, and myself included, well, Russell Douglas made the play here. I mean, he really reads 
Hawkinson drives on the ball, gets a hand on it to tip it to Savage. But really the unsung hero, in my opinion, is Kenny Clark. We're going to run this all the way down for the pick six, and we'll come back in just a second. But I want you to watch Kenny Clark as he collapses the pocket right here. If Kenny Clark isn't getting this pressure right here, Coach, there's, that's, that's a much easier throw. You see, he had to try to – Kurt had to try to get skinny to find that throwing lane, and lo and behold, I, I think that was really the difference because it was just a little bit too far out in front. If you know, Seeing where Rasul is positioned here, I think he would really like to put it in Hawkins's left hip pocket, but he can't because Kenny Clark's right in his face there with that bull rush. So um, pressure pick, coverage sack, man, it always happens. Rasul with a great break on the ball. Savage got a gift, but again, you have got to give credit to Savage on this return as we roll it back here. I mean, this dude, this is the athleticism we talk about. It's so tough watching him struggle because you see it right here, Coach. Look how natural he is with the ball in his hand, off to the races, making everybody miss. I mean, this is great. And then you love to see the convoy, and, and at the very end, Clean up Kirk Cousins right there in the end zone, man. It doesn't get any better than that. That's the look you that's what you're looking for on defense. You want that look in that coach's eyes right there. Look at Kevin O'Connell again, just throw the head down like crap. I mean, you go from literally a seven to three ball game to now a 14 to three ball game in one freaking play in which you had possession and it was a fourth down, right? I mean, it's just a huge, huge momentum swing. Is there anything else you want to hit on before we move to the next one, coach? No, man, I think you covered that beautifully. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Awesome. So, again, the Savage pick six came there in the first quarter, 535 left. <laughs> now Green Bay's got them on the ropes. It's 14 to 3. We're going to fast forward to the second quarter, the six-minute mark. First and 10 at Green Bay's 31-yard line. This is a first and 10 play. Don't rush anything. Don't, you know, don't see any ghosts out here. Let's just work the sticks, move our way down the field. Let's try to make this a one-score game if you're Minnesota, right? Um, so they come out, and they've got a 21-gun spread. This was real unique to me, Coach. I would call it 21-gun spread, YH, double flex right, T boundary. And basically what we're talking about here is 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end. That's going to trigger the 34 base for the Packers. What do they do? They come out in an empty gun set. Okay, so it's 21 gun spread. You've got the YH double flex right. So you've got your, your Y and your H, your tight end, flexed out on the right. You've got your H, which is your fullback out here. And you've got Dalvin Cook, which is your T, which means that's what I meant by T boundary. you got your T out here on the boundary. So essentially what Green Bay is going to do is come off with a 34 look. They're going to have a nine-tech, a five-tech, a zero, and a five. Why is that important? Guys, they are overloading the left side of the line of scrimmage if you're if the camera is behind the quarterback here, okay? Why are they doing that? I'm going to tell you why they're doing that. Joe Barry had his best game of the year, in my opinion, Coach, 
And this is why. This is Justin Jefferson right here on the left side. They're saying, you know what? If you're going to throw the ball to him 90% of the time, then we're going to bring the pressure from that side. We're going to clog up those throwing lanes. And not only did they do that, they put Quay out there on him to give him a little jam and reroute right off the line of scrimmage. And I absolutely love it. I mean, I mean, Quay just showing the athleticism. I know what JJ's thinking right here. Justin Jefferson is thinking, you know what? Let me just get outside. It's a linebacker. And look how this quick twitch, bang. Before the play's over, you see Justin Jefferson is on the ground. He's taken completely out of the play. But that's not where Kirk Cousins was going with this ball. Green Bay comes out in a nickel 245. I'm sorry, that was the other play. They come out in the 349505. They're showing a two high sugar, and you got Amos in a late mid rotation. Okay. So essentially, he's going to drop down in the box over JJ. So you've got Quay bumping underneath a little bracket over the top here with, uh, with Amos. And Amos is kind of like Savage on that last play, coach. He's just in the right place at the right time. Now, what's the, as far as the route combination, what I'm seeing is a 9-6 with the climb from Hawkinson. So you got a 9 route over here, which is basically a go. you got a 6, which is going to be a dig, but he knows I've got to get around Quay to run this dig. The fact that he jammed him and rerouted him slows the play down. So at this point, Kirk Cousins is thinking, okay, the climb on the opposite side is going to come from the tight end, the Y. He's going to kind of run a climb like this deep crosser. That's Hawkinson. But everything is so clogged up. What Kirk sees here, he reads it perfect, actually, Coach. He's going up top to Thielen. And I'm going to go to the other angle here if I can find it. Right here is the angle I want to show you. Watch Thielen up here on the on the upper side. He catches jaw flat-footed, Coach. He's gone. Now, some people were saying, well, the ball was already tipped. It actually was not. It was not tipped right here. The ball was not tipped yet. He, he, jaw is beat. He's flat-footed. He's not rebounding from that, right? So this is another example I heard some people come out, Coach, and they said, you know, I, I feel like Ja um, should have had a higher PFF grade than he did. He had a great game, don't get me wrong, but plays like this is what's going to get you a negative grade because he's beat here. Kirk, Kirk looking to throw to him. But, of course, just like before, pressure, pick, coverage, sack, you got the man, the myth, the legend, had the game of the day. T.J. Slayton gets a hand on this, this ball right here. And, again, why did it happen? Because Joe Barry scheming it up, we're going to clog those throwing lanes on Justin Jefferson's side and, uh, and make it as difficult as possible to get 18 the ball. We're going to mug him off the line, and then we got a late rotation with a little bracket underneath, or over the top, rather, and uh, just a gift right here, an absolute gift uh, pick by Adrian Amos. And, I, again, man, i got to give it to uh, I got to give it to Joe Barry. And, and, again, what if he – Coach, what if he gets his pass off, it doesn't get tipped, and he hits Thielen here. Why are we mentioning that? Because it's going to be six. It's going to be on Jair, uh, on Jair Alexander for, once again, not playing within the scheme, and now you've got a one-possession game coming up on the middle eight, and, and this game could go totally different the rest of the day. Not trying to be negative, just wanting to point it out. As Greg Cosell says, if you see it, you got to say it. But uh, just caught, caught Jai peeking on that nine, and, and thank goodness uh, T.J. Slayton got his hand on it. Well, what do you see here, Coach? Anything else stand out to you? Yeah, that was really, really, uh, really well done, Clayton. Good job on that. The the one thing that I would just um, mention is with a, a zero five and a nine, what you're doing on that top side, um, knowing that the Vikings are in empty now, is you're dictating the protection, right? So you're gonna have your left tackle one on one, your left guard one on one, and your center one on one, and then you're gonna essentially waste the right guard um, and and say, you know, you can go help the right tackle or the center. We don't really care. We're bringing pressure from this side, um, and it's. 
it's not really pressure. It's just really good kind of uh, right. four-man rush formational stuff. Um, knowing that you don't have a run threat and you have nobody to help in pass pro uh, when you're an empty now. So really well schemed up by uh, the D-line coach, Joe Barry, um, and just a, a really nice job defensively. Yeah, and the last thing I want to point out here <laughs> before we move on to the next play is, you know, TJ Slayton getting the tip. If you look here real close, Coach, look at his straight arm right here. I mean, he just – he gets kind of lateral with the ground, and look at this. Full extension, and he's just like, you know what, I'm I'm putting him right in Kirk Cousins' lap, and then the last second, um, a big boy like that can expose their ribs a little bit more than some of the smaller guys, can't he? <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, I don't know. I've never been that big. Got got a little more. I'll tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna be that big. I keep eating Chinese like I did tonight. <laughs> My gosh, go. man. Whew. All right, let's move on to uh the next play here. Let's see what we've got. This is gonna be your baby here, I believe. Yeah, Coach, this is the one. To pay. This one out here, man. I'm I'm gonna start it. I'm just gonna mention one thing, and I'm sure I'll get something wrong here with it, but I want you to clean it up. Anything I do get wrong, but man, when I seen the pre-snap movement here, Coach. Guys, we're talking about the Aaron Jones 31-yard run. This came in the second quarter, 431, immediately following that possession where the interception happened. Green Bay's up 17-3. to All right, um, 431 left. This is a third and one play at the 50, roughly at the 50. Green Bay comes out in a gun 13. Okay, a gun 13. What's that mean? One running back, three tight ends, only one wide receiver, right? And he's over to the far right. They come out. And what I would call a 13-gun strong left, H-wing shift to full. Guys, this looks like Curly Lambeau stuff because what's so cool is I mentioned gun 13, right, or 13-gun, but you see Aaron real quickly, he looks at DeGuara and says, hey, look, come right here, stand right here, gets snug in behind the guard. Aaron goes under center, quick snap, bang, and the toss. This looks like Curly Lambo air stuff right here, Coach. I know you're going to have some fun with it, so I'm going to shut my mouth. I want to hear what you – this did, man. It it absolutely uh, – it fired me up. Let me go ahead and share your screen. All right. Yeah, this was – uh, like I was saying, you know, when we watched this thing live, I I, I told you, like, hey, we got to make note of that thing because um, this is just really cool. I'm going to show it from the end zone view here real quick um, just so we have an idea. When you were talking about putting DeGuara here in what we call that snipper position or right there in the A-gap real tight, watch what it's going to do here to the defense. That area Smith now has to tuck in. But look at where we're at pre-snap alignment right now. Yeah. We have two open uncovered gaps, right? You've got B-gap and C-gap uncovered. Now as Zedarius comes in and he's going to come in a little bit late, um, I, I, we'll just do a real quick numbers count here um, when we run this this full outside zone toss, okay? So when we do our numbers count, we go, we count the center as a half man, right? So we have one, two, three, four, five to block on this side, five and a half because we'll count the center, and they've got one, two, three, four, five. So you're already in a hat-on-hat -hat situation. You love being there. Cool. You know, uh, we like the numbers pre-snap. But now watch what Elton Jenkins does here, left guard. He's going to get this hook on outside zone so quickly that he'll be able to pass him off to Myers. And now you've taken your half man of a center and put a full man up. So now all of a sudden, when we run this snapback, look how fast he gets off the ball here. Yeah. Let's real quick stop and do our count again. Okay. We got one, two, we got three, four, five now with Myers. 
Six with the Guara leading the way. You are six on five now, literally meaning you're running out of people to block. DeGuara is probably the most surprised one here because he didn't think he would get through that hole that cleanly. Really did. Great edge by Bach. Really good ball get off by Jenkins. And then literally, this is day one stuff for a running back. You're just reading the hips of your ISO blocker, your, your uh, H back there, knowing that you've got flow way over the top from the safety who's now got a fill from nine yards deep. You got the backside inside backer picked up. You've got the play side inside backer run off by Bakhtiari. Like, this is just so well done. And it's getting back to what we talked about um, a ton last night where this feels like vintage Green Bay football, right? You're using formations. You're using personnel. You're using varying snap counts. It's the little things, the detail things that take so darn long to get right. But when you get them right, you know, the little things make all the difference. Now you are literally a full man up in the run game. You can't get better than that. It's exceptional. Love it, dude. Love it. it when I seen it, you know, in real time, this is one of the plays I was talking about last night. I'm like, man, there's there is something there's something going on <laughs> with the motion last night. Like it, there, they seemed like the snaps came a lot quicker. This was one of the plays that came to mind when I went and watched it back and seen how Aaron started in a gun that kept the guys at home. If you notice too on that play on that all twenty two that you had or, or behind the line, I should say, um, it actually you could see they had three guys on the right side of the line of scrimmage and only two blockers there. Like they are so out of whack, and again, a, a defense should be able to adjust to that, right? Not, not when twelve comes up and goes, Deguara, get right here under center, bang, snap, pop, toss, and you're off to the races. It's just a man. Everything was clicking last night. You could tell this team came to play. It meant something to them. Um, it was a lot of fun for sure. So again, that play came. Uh, Green Bay was up seventeen to three. Big thirty-one yard gain. That's going to set up the next play. We are now inside what we call the middle eight, and this is the last play we're going to outline. Um, middle eight turnover differential, absolutely huge. Green Bay ran away with both of them last night. Um, that's why when I got when we got into the second half, I, I never once did I think, okay, Minnesota might be able to come back. And a lot of people were going, oh, what about the thirty-three to nothing comeback, right? But when you win the middle eight and you win a turnover differential battle, and you know you've got a running game that's averaging – at one point they were averaging 10 yards a carry last night, like with yeah. Jones. Just unbelievable. You're going to control the clock. You know what your opponent is. It is the clock. But <clears throat> this play came, again, second quarter, 251 left. I'm going to share your screen. I'm going to sure. kind of set it up, though, and then uh, and pass it off to you. Um, this is the Rodgers touchdown pass to Tunyon. Uh, again, Green Bay was up uh, 17-3, to 251 left. It was a second and 11 play at Minnesota's 21-yard line. Green Bay come out in a gun, 11 empty, strong right, T-wide. And uh, they're going to run what I would call an Ohio Wolf dig, okay? Ohio Wolf dig. The old terminology would be maybe a 95 post-corner wolf uh, with the dig underneath. But essentially, that's what Green Bay uh, ran here. And the thing that stood out to me, Coach, was Aaron going through his progressions and then resetting the pocket. But tell me what you see here. Yeah, um, first thing that came to mind here is how wild it is and and the trust that, I don't know if it's Rodgers setting this up or, you know, if it's, it's I don't I don't know who is <laughs> in charge of setting the protections here, but you're an empty baby. Um, yep. you, don't, you don't have a back to help you, and there's still a man slide this thing. Look at this. There is nobody protecting B-gap here, right? Like, any pressure through here, you're going to trust Rodgers to make that hot read. If this backward or shoot B-gap, you know, you, you've got to trust Rodgers to make that hot read before he gets hit. So um, really cool on that. And then um, 
I think that's what Tunyon sees here. I don't think this was a, a designated route to Tunyon um, to, to bend off his crosser. I think he sees that he's the hot here. So he's got a mesh drag that he's got to get to B cap, B gap, excuse me, should pressure come here, you know, then he's that hot read. Um, as soon as he comes across and he sees that inside backer standing put right here, um, then he knows he just has to get vertical. You can watch him bend this sucker up. These are, again, some of those little things. Great job by Bach to wash that pocket back out. And then Rogers is going to find Big Bob Tunyon as he goes up and bends that thing back around. Um, and that's a that's a really early version of scramble drill, right? We had talked about yep. scramble drill all the time. Well, let's watch it here. We've got Tunyon here. He's going to come in. He's going to be the hot. He's going to see that there's no reason for him to be hot. And he's going to bend that sucker all the way up. And it's going to be awesome execution by him because that's not the designed play. And he knows he's open. Rogers knows it's just beautiful. Um, that is really well done, really well designed, really well executed play. Love it. Love it. And, you know, that's what's so cool, too, is we, we kind of see you're watching the same play and we kind of see things a little bit different, which is really cool. And and I think you're on on point there. Like when I first watched it, I'm it took me probably 40 minutes, coach, to go, what concept are they running here? And that's what's so difficult about the modern NFL game right now is there's so many choice routes. There's so much freedom. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have ruined the league. <laughs> there's just so much going on. And it's funny, like, it, you know, it, it reminded me of a few weeks ago when we were talking about a climb route in a concept. And I said, would you guys call this a climb coach? You said, we call this get open. And that, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of what's going on in the game. So I'm going to go back to the uh, all 22 look here from the sideline and this is kind of what I seen. Let's let's pretend this was all a called play, okay? Like everything was by design. Essentially, what you're going to have here is Ohio on the bottom, which is Christian Watson is going to be going deep. Now, the issue that Christian Watson has is this guy is playing so far off. He's playing roughly seven yards off of Christian Watson, so Christian has got to get him to bite so he can go deep, right? Underneath uh, to complete the Ohio concept, you're going to have, I believe it was Randall Cobb who's just going to run a quick out, right? So that's going to be your Ohio. Ohio concept is a nine route with an out route. On the opposite side, the reason I said wolf dig or um, post corner wolf dig is because the wolf concept is typically you're going to have this tied in, in, you know, in the middle here with Tunyon, he's his end result is going to be a deep corner and he's going to have another corner underneath. And then of course the final part of this is the dig underneath from AJ Dillon. But again, you want to point out that it's going to lamp 11 empty. You're forcing them in the nickel. Then you put your T your running back all the way out to the right. And essentially what you do, unless they walk a linebacker out here, seeing that they've got a corner to the best of my knowledge on AJ Dillon, then they know this is zone coverage. That's, that's what's going to tell them. Because if it was man, there's no way that they would pass um, a, a corner off on a running back and put a linebacker on a receiver or a tight end. You would much rather have that corner in that other position. So essentially this tells Rodgers pre-snap, this is most likely zone coverage, period. Now, when they run this concept, let's assume that it wasn't on the fly, right? So what I'm seeing here with Tunyon as he runs – well, first of all, focus on Christian Watson at the bottom of the screen. That guy's playing so far off. He gets in the throttle, then chops it down right here. And look at that. This this guy has grown so much, Coach. Look at that route. Like, if Aaron stays on him, he could probably throw a tud right there, just a laser, all because that little jab step out because he knows I got to create some kind of separation. Now, he knows Cobb isn't there, but the way I see it is 
Rodgers looks, the ball snapped, he looks Tunyon first, then he comes back to Christian Watson, and he sees, okay, this safety is creeping, and the corner kind of has him hemmed up here. My guess is Rodgers wasn't, probably didn't completely trust Christian in thinking he may be going outside, and he definitely isn't throwing that ball, right? But Christian's setting him up to go back in. By this time, though, Rodgers has moved on. So now Rodgers comes back to the other side, probably looking at 28 underneath, fills the pocket, resets it, and then at this point right here, he's seeing Tunyon. Now let's watch Tunyon the entire way. You can see he tries to work the middle, completely ground, uh, crowded. He's the hot, and then bang. That's why I thought it was designed, Coach. But I think looking at it again, you're probably right. This looks like a triple dig, and they're just thinking, let's pick up five yards here. I think what they, th what they were seeing here is they were expecting this safety to stay on the shelf. And when he rolled down last second, late rotation, that kind of changed everything right here. But Tunyon, man, being on the same page, and he is screaming, throw me the freaking ball, man. And and, and Rodgers, again, the footwork is what really stood out to me, Coach. Um, I'm going to try to zoom it in here real quick because I really want to try to key in on Rodgers' footwork. Let's see if we can make this work here real quick. Because I'm telling you, he, he this looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers when it came to footwork. Let's see here. We can click off of it. All right, let's see it zoom in here. Look at Rodgers right here. Like, look at this. How quick he gets back, Coach. Yeah, that's that's really really good work there. Really nice job by left guard Elton Jenkins, um, stopping the bull and pull there. As you can see, the D tackle trying to get into his chest, bull rush him, and then snap him down to get the free release. Good job by Jenkins, um, dropping his hips on the bull and then resetting on the jump set um, to kill the bull and pull. And really good job by Rogers. Just read that by himself a little bit more space, knowing that. He's probably got something special coming over the top the second that he saw that single high safety chopping his feet. Yeah, and and Tunyon here too, when he starts to bend this back, he really makes the safety kind of go. You see right there, the safety kind of hits left and it's over. I mean, it's over. The other thing I wanted to point out too, Coach, is at the top of the screen on the offensive line. First of all, across the board, you got Bach on an island, you got Elton on an island, you got Josh Myers on an island, but then you've got Runyon. And Tom, Zach Tom at right tackle. So I don't know what happened to Yash, why he left the game, but it seemed like Tom got a significant amount of snaps according to PFF. It's amazing. You watch the game live and you don't see half this stuff unfolding. <laughs> but watch Tunyon, or I'm sorry, watch uh, Runyon and Tom just bullies Adarius Smith here. I mean, yeah. like Tom gets outside, make sure that that outside leg's way out there. He's going to protect the edge, and then Runyon just comes back over and gives him just a, dude, just a punch in the mouth right there. Bang. So you trust your best offensive lineman in uh, David Bakhtiari to be on an island, Elton Jenkins to be on an island. And I'll tell you what, man, Josh Myers staying at home right here, running, gets that little punch, passes him off to Myers, comes back over and helps Tom, and it gives Aaron just enough time to reset that pocket. And then, of course, bang to the corner, man. Just an awesome play there. Is there anything else you want to touch on there from the offensive line? Did I read that right? Is that what you've seen as well? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's man slide protection with the open B gap. You're going to slide the protection, give the help to maybe you're not as experienced offensive lineman and Zach Tom, knowing that he's going against their premier rush defender, right? And and, Z and Zadarius Smith. So you're going to give him help with Runyon. Runyon does such a nice job of staying home at first, though. A lot of times you see the overcommitment by the guard sliding out, um, and then you get pressure up the middle uh, because you're you're attacking half man with that D tackle. Um, you got to give Myers enough time to snap the ball and reset himself to get sternum on sternum. 
Um, but this is why everybody loved Zach Tom coming out, right? It's just his feet. He's just so fast, you know, to get up and kill the angle, kill the edge, run the hoop off of Zedarius Smith, excuse me, and make him commit back to inside, back to where the help is. It's a mature football player play from a, a rookie right tackle to get out there, beat him to his spot, and force him back into your help. This is all, this just, I mean, everybody on the offense executed this perfectly. This is a, a triple drive route, like we said. Um, you're right. You got to fade out on the bottom side. Like this is just very well done. This is this is what we thought Green Bay could be this year. Absolutely. Now I want to point this out, Coach, because early in the season, Aaron Rodgers annihilated Josh Myers over and over and over, right? Just so many times you could see him getting frustrated, cussing Josh. You could hear it on the camera. I won't say the words he used, but he he used some explicitives and then followed it with Josh, right? Now watch this at the end, though. We just talked about Josh Myers getting the snap off, having the the defender passed off to him. This guy is becoming, I believe, um, a borderline Pro Bowl caliber center. I really believe that. He is the anchor of this offensive line now. Don't get me wrong. David Bakhtiari is the most talented. Elton Jenkins has the most upside. But when you look at what Josh Myers has done from his rookie year to now, it's been amazing. But this is what I wanted to point out here, and it sounds so silly. But watch right here. You see the, you see the big boys right celebrating. And watch 12 come in with Josh Myers. Yep. Love it. Love it. Dude, they're growing together. Got to do that. I mean, he he, yeah. he made the play happen, you know, and 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 this is um, awesome stuff. You know, again, this is some of that exciting stuff that we talked about. Like, this is the potential. Like, it takes time, especially with all these young dudes and revolve, revolving door on the offensive line again this year. Um, But just really, really well done, very well executed. And we saw that time and time again yesterday with some of that complimentary football all across the board for Green Bay and offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, and, you know, you heard Bill Belichick say it over and over over the last three decades, even longer than that. Offense, defense, special teams. Offense, defense, special teams. All three phases, offense, defense, special teams. Everybody goes, shut up, it's Tom Brady. No, it's offense, defense, and special freaking teams. That is what makes this thing go. And the Packers, I was just watching, uh, for those of you listening on the pod, we're recording this on Monday night. I was just listening to Monday Night Countdown. And a lot of the talking heads, they say things just to get attention, right? It's just how it is. Um, You know, it it drives ratings and all that good stuff. But there are a few that you hear, when they talk, I listen. And Steve Young is one. Steve Young was talking. And he said, I'm going to tell you right now, don't write off the Packers. The Packers might be the hottest team coming into the playoffs. And sure. and they oh, you should have seen the other guys, you know, the ones that have never played a snap of football in their life. They immediately went, oh, what are you talking? You know, like Rex Ryan's been around the game a lot. I get it. But he immediately was like, oh, get out of here with that crap. And basically saying the Packers are going to overlook the lines and this and that. There are so many people, Coach. And I know this is out of your realm because you're strictly X's and O's and you don't buy into the, the media hype and all that stuff. But there are some people out there that are rooting against the Packers. And and I hear an Aaron at the presser today was like, there was a lot of people saying we were dead. And, yeah, I'm telling you, there's not many teams that want to play them. Now, they got to take care of business against Detroit. That's going to be a scrappy team. Have you watched much of the Lions this year, Coach? Uh, yeah, I was actually uh, – before we were doing this, I found a bunch of the clips from the last time we had done this uh, against with that Detroit loss. So I was watching some of those clips again. Um, we had talked a little bit on the show last night as well. Um, Detroit's going to be tough. Like if, if I'm, I mean, any game you play in the NFL obviously is a tough game, but two teams I don't want to see right now are Detroit and green Bay. Like they're, they're both very similar in that 
they're really starting to, to get the little things together. Um, all the things that we pointed out tonight, are, that's, you know, six plays out of 130 that we could go through, right? But like, so you're actually starting to see a lot of that gel. It's so cliche to say it, but it's like all that gel, right, of, of Detroit, of Green Bay really come together. I think um, defensively, your inside linebackers have to be really, really special this week. Um, and, and, and playing some complimentary football to help with Amonra, um, to help with DeAndre, uh, you know, they, they've got some talent there with Jamal as well. You know, they're, they're playing well offensively Detroit is right now. Um, and then for green Bay's offense, I think the big, big thing is going to be, how are you going to handle another premier edge rusher when you still have some questions on the line, you know? Um, so I didn't see as much screen game as I thought I would see yesterday from green Bay. Um, possibly when the game started getting out of hand, they thought, you know, let's keep that shelved. We don't need it as much. Um, a great way to slow down some of that pass rush and then just keeping Rogers upright and using formations, using personnel, um, using field boundary to run the football against a pretty talented defensive, uh, front for Detroit. Um, I think those are kind of the keys that you have to really focus on. Absolutely. And Jerry Goff is playing great football right now. They're protecting the football. As you guys remember, in Detroit, Green Bay lost that game. If there was one game this year, and it's a team sport, I usually don't do this, but if there's one game where you say, did Aaron Rodgers cost them a game, it was that Detroit game. I mean, turning the ball over and doing it inside the five, leaving points on the field, and uh, turnover differential in middle eight. If they button that up this time around, and they can stop the run. That's the thing that stood out to me against Minnesota was they really stopped the run early. I mean, they were stonewalling Dalvin Cook. I think the first two drives he was averaging one or two yards a carry, and that kind of <laughs> gave them enough time for Keyshawn Nixon to go absolutely crazy on the kickoff return, and here comes the interceptions. Once you go up by two scores, now, now you're forcing the other team to play left-handed. Um, Detroit, though, they're just uh, – I, I don't want to say they're they're – uh, w- more well coached than uh, than Minnesota, but they're definitely a scrappier bunch, man. They're they're a team that they really wear um, very uh, truthfully on their sleeve the personality of their head coach, which is you you guys heard it. And everybody laugh. We're gonna bite their kneecaps and all this stuff that that uh, uh, Motor City Dan Campbell said. But that team's bought in, man, and they're playing for something special up there too. This isn't gonna be a pushover. Um, but I'm excited because I don't know if you heard, Coach, but they just flexed it. It was a 1 o'clock. Now it's the Sunday night game of the week. It's bittersweet because I'm going to be up till 3 a.m. trying to get a post-game show out. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like last, just like in the water, boy, last game of the year. You can't hold anything back, right? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, culture still matters in the NFL even. You know, this is still a people business, right? And you got guys like Dan Campbell, you got Kevin O'Connell over in Minnesota, you know, two, two coaches that I think really brought in an excellent culture and have no problem, you know, holding accountability in, in their locker rooms. So um, great, great win by Green Bay, um, beating a, a well-coached, pretty talented, very culturally sound team in Minnesota. Tough thing is now they got to go do it again, right? Um, but it doesn't seem like they've backed down for that. It kind of seems like the playoffs started for them uh, when, you know, they were sitting back there as a four win team. And now all of a sudden they're just rolling. So it's, it's fun to watch. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time, man. As always, it's been a blast uh, coming on here and talking ball with you. 
And um, for those of you listening on the pod, we appreciate you making us a part of your day. Thanks for everybody who stopped in on YouTube and Twitter here live. I do want to say, make sure you go to my Twitter page at Packers underscore access. You will see a tweet pinned at the top of the page. If you retweet that tweet and follow the account, we'll get you entered into the contest to win an autographed Paul Horning jersey. Uh, The great golden boy we're going to be giving that away here in the next couple of weeks. So appreciate everybody's time. Coach, thank you for your time. As always, let's all go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to go.